Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Exciting. Tomorrow's April Fool's Day. Are you planning something? I love April Fool's Day, the day when we try to fool people by telling some outrageous lie. Or, or as Trump calls it, tweeting. Uh, oh, let me tell you, he can try to tweet his way out of this Russia story, but this shit ain't going anywhere. The Cold War. Remember the Cold War? Well, it is back with, with one small difference. Uh, the old Cold War, the White House was on our side. This, <laughs> this, I mean, there's, there's so many strands and smoke to this Russia connection, but I guess the big headline this week is Michael Flynn. We had him on our show. I don't know why he came here, but he did. <laughs> Uh, he was the national security advisor for a hot minute, and uh, he, he is asking for immunity to sing. <laughs> Cannot wait to hear what he has to sing. But this is the immunity. This is the guy who led the chants at the convention. Lock her up. And he also said anyone asking for immunity is probably guilty. So, <laughs> you know what, Mike? <laughs> If you think Hillary's a bitch, try karma. But, <laughs> uh, now, this Russia story, thank God Congressman Devin Nunez is on the case. <laughs> Have you seen this guy? The dumbest thing to come out of California <laughs> since Dianetics. I mean... <laughs> now... Last week, Nunez, who's head of the House Intelligence Committee, which almost cruel to give him that title, he went behind the back of the committee, you saw this, to run over the White House to back up Trump's bogus claim that Obama wiretapped him. Trump asked him to do a job. He did it. The bad news, he lost all his credibility. The good news, he just won The Apprentice. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay... So that was last week. This week, we found out the information that Nunez told the White House he learned at the White House. (laughs) That's right. Nunez says he needed to go to the White House to tell them what he learned from them the day before. (laughs) From three White House staffers who told Nunez, this thing I just told you, come back tomorrow and tell us. (laughs) These people are such clowns. You, You know who the person in the whole... Fucking ecosphere of Trump, I respect the most Melania. The only <laughs> the only one with this common sense to say, fuck this, I'm staying in New York. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere near 
this dumpster fire. <laughs> and speaking of dumpster fires, this is so sad, but, you know, when you... Elections have consequences. This week, Trump ordered the EPA to dismantle all of Obama's efforts to combat global warming. Mileage standards for cars, gone. Banned the use of the phrase. You can't even say climate change anymore around the White House. Signed an executive order. He was with all the coal mining executives and the coal miners. Oh, we're going to bring back coal. You're going to bring back your jobs. What the fuck is it with Trump (laughs) and coal miners? Did did they have a video of him getting pissed on? (laughs) You know... When when Obama was, you know, channeling money and funds to green energy companies, Republicans were always saying, oh, he's picking winners. Yeah, at least he was picking winners from the future. (laughs) Not picking winners from the 19th century. It's it's like saying, we got to get those blockbuster video clerks back (laughs) back to work. I got to get them back in the store. So upset, my tie is crooked. I I mean, even corporations, yes, corporations, are speaking out against Trump's climate policy. Levi's, Staples, the Gap, Exxon. I'm not kidding. M&M's said, it's gotten so bad, our product melts in your hand. (laughs) And... Trump is also feuding with his own party. You know, the Freedom Caucus used to be the Tea Party. Now it's the Freedom Caucus. They're the ones who scuttled his health care bill last week. Oh, man, they're, they're, they're at loggerheads. And the, and the Freedom Caucus is 29 white men. And they are very conservative. They do not approve of Trump's pussy-grabbing. <laughs> they believe in handling a woman's genitals through legislation. <laughs> they are... <laughs> They are very conservative. They, <laughs> I am sure they did not like what happened yesterday in North Carolina. Did you see that? They repealed their bathroom bill, which restricted transgender people from going... Pee at last! Pee at last! Thank almighty we can pee at last! But here's my favorite story of the week. You know, remember when Trump said about health care, nobody knew. <laughs> Nobody knew it was so... Okay, apparently this is a theme now. It also applies to the wall that they're going to build along the Mexican border. Nobody knew. They identified just now a new problem, tiny problem. They just found out that 889 miles of the border is the Rio Grande River, which we share with Mexico. And if we build the wall on our side, we're giving them the whole river. Oops. (laughs) And yet... And yet... His approval rating is still 35%. I, I don't know who these 35% are, but can we build a wall around them? <laughs> All right. We got a great show. Rick Santorum, near attended, and General Michael Hayden are here. And a little later, we'll be speaking with Pulitzer Prize winner Jose Antonio Vargas. But first up, he is a longtime confidant of our current president and now author of The Making of the President 2016 How Donald Trump Orchestrated a Revolution. Donald Trump's albino assassin, Roger Stone. <laughs> Roger. 
<laughs> now, you don't mind that I call you his albino assassin, do no, you? No, comrade. Okay. I mean, Bill. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's start with that, because we've known each other a long time. I know you'll be straight with me. Uh, it looks like Donald Trump and his crime family were in... St- were installed uh, by Russia to loot and destroy America. <laughs> As a longtime Republican, lifelong Republican, who cut his teeth working for Richard Nixon, quite a cold warrior, yes. does it give you any sort of unease that we're so in Dutch with the evil empire these days? Well, not really. If you looked at the Obama-Clinton policies, the reset... They rolled into Crimea, Syria. We didn't stop them. We continued selling them, transferring technology to them. So they really rolled over the last administration. I think here's what it boils down to, Bill, and that is, do we want to go to war over Syria? That's what this is about. Do we no, want, no, no. This is not expand, about Syria. This is about our elections. No. It's about America, not Syria, right? No, no, no. It's not about not. Syria. Yeah. It's about America. It's about, it's about okay. war. It's about, it is, it's it's funny. about the neocons right. who gave us war, well, the Bushes and the Clintons, and the chances that you could negotiate a peace before expanding well, a proxy war in I, Syria. I know that your favorite musician must be Muddy Waters, because... <laughs> Bill, that want, is what you always do. I just is, want to give peace a chance. Is muddy waters. But that has nothing... But it's interesting you mentioned war because both Dick Cheney, not exactly a liberal, and no. John McCain, same thing, have said this hacking of our election uh, would be considered an act of war. If we had some evidence or proof of it, right now what we, well, have is, uh, what we have is, is inference. Okay. Okay, so Senator Mark Warner, who's yes. head of the Intelligence Committee in the Senate, okay, he, the first thing out of his mouth the other day when he was asked about this, he said, there's clearly a lot of smoke. And then he said, an individual... That would be me. That's you. He said, associated with the Trump campaign, accurately predicted the release of hacked emails before it happened. The same individual, you, also admits to being in contact with Guccifer 2.0, who all of our intelligence agencies says... Guccifer 2.0 is Russian military intelligence. Yeah, I dispute that. Let's take them one by one. First of all, I have never said uh, that I had advanced knowledge of the hacking of Podesta's emails. There's no quote from me. Well, you I've said his said... time in the barrel is right. And there's up. been and there's been over a hundred stories written from that time to election day about his business dealings in Russia, bank deals, gas deals, and others. That's mm. what I was referring to, including a long piece. I wrote okay. on myself on October 13th. Okay, but but, Goose, but this Guccifer... The inference that Guccifer, uh, that my Twitter exchange with Guccifer constitutes... Well, well, not Twitter, direct mail. No, direct it, mail within the Twitter system. Okay, but it was not supposed to be public. But it is public because but I released... But not because you chose to make it public. Uh, I released it, all. no one else released it. I that's, released it. I don't think that's true. That is absolutely true. I think you released it after it became public. I, I, I released it after it became, no, it became known it existed, which could only be known... Okay. If okay, my... But, no, no, it could only be known if my, if my Twitter feed had been hacked. Okay. So, and I released it. It's okay. benign. It's innocuous. Okay, but, but, but here's what Guzzi said. I mean, if you're going to engage in, in espionage, would you really do it on Twitter? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're really asking that with Trump in the White House. Okay. <laughs> but, but here's what... He did get there. Here's what... <laughs> Here's what Guccifer said about you. Apparently, you and he are big fans. He said, I'm pleased to say, Roger Stone, you are a great man. 
But why? He's Romanian. Why are you saying that in a Russian accent? Please tell me if I can help you anyhow. It would be great pleasure to me. And then he said, same day, he said, Roger Stone paying you back. That's very simple, because he's, he's referring at the top of that email exchange to an article I re- wrote on August 5th at Breitbart, in which I argued that he is the one who hacked the DNC You emails. said he was a hero. Uh, I, I think he is a hero. I'm opposed okay. to the deep state. I okay. think they need to be exposed. But true or false? Let's, you know, let's play truth or dare, dare now. And we're not going to dare each other. Okay. <laughs> you really think, as a lot of Republicans do, that the Democrats are more of an existential threat to America than Russia. No, I wouldn't say that at all. Lying. But but I am disappointed. <laughs> I think I, I think you do, and I think anything it takes to keep the Democrats out of power. I think you actually believe that. Well, I, I'd like to see a Democratic Party that would stand up to Islamic terrorism, that would protect Me too. gay people, that would protect Christians, that would protect, protect women. And right. They don't seem to be inclined to do that. All right. Well, let's not get to a place where we agree. <laughs> uh, All right, so here's... Trump was asked on February 16th, can you say whether you are aware that anyone who advised your campaign had contacts with Russia? And he said, no. Nobody that I know of. Nobody. So he doesn't know you. No, but I He doesn't know his son-in-law. No, no, no. He doesn't know his... Hold on. He doesn't know... Any inference that uh, my communications with with Grusiver 2.0... Constitutes Wait. collusion is no, disproved no. by the content. Collu- who said that collusion? collusion? Can you say whether you are aware that anyone who advised your campaign had contacts with Russia? This is proven no, that is... all these people had contacts we with don't Russia. Con- I don't concede what? that Grusifer is a Russian. But uh, th- if you go online, you'll see there are more okay, theories there are, about this than But they the met Kennedy with the Ambassador Kislyak, who was known as the top recruiter of spies in this country. You can't deny that the contacts with Russia, and he said, nobody that I know of. This is is just a giant obvious lie. He knows you. He knows Manafort. He knows his son-in-law. Yeah, I've, had, he knows I've li- had no contacts with Russians. Let's be very clear. The New York Times on January 20th says that they have emails, records of financial transactions, and then on the 30th they add transcripts from telephone calls. Okay, where are they? Produce them. Let's see them. Let's hear okay, them. But we have meetings. We have Michael Flynn is right now asking for immunity because he had contacts with Russia. Well, Trump knows Michael Flynn, so that's a lie. Let's talk about Michael Flynn. He says he has a story to tell. Tell me a story. <laughs> what? What? What let's, is? What is the story? Let, let's talk about. What do you Ro- think his story is? I have no idea. But here's what I do know. I'm not asking for immunity. Uh, I was maligned by a number of the members of the committee who said things that were patently false. And in a free society, I should have a chance to respond in the same forum. Of course. In the same forum. No one would disagree with that. And I don't want to need a subpoena. Right. I don't need immunity. But I want it to be in public, not behind closed doors. Let's go. I'm ready. We've had you on this show from back in politically incorrect days. I don't want to see you in prison with that Nixon tattoo on your back. (laughs) That's... You're just upset because I'm the only guy you know with a dick on the front and the back. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, I'll give you that one. All right. Donald Trump Jr. said this. Russians make up a pretty disproportionate cross-section of a lot of our assets. And then he said there's a lot of money pouring in from Russia. His brother, Eric Trump, said, we had no assets in Russia. We have no debt in Russia. I think we held a Miss Universe in Russia. Like, he doesn't know that. (laughs) Okay, this is called not getting your story straight. Which one of 
these two sons of Donald Trump is lying? Because one says Russians make up a pretty disproportionate cross-section of our assets, and one says we had no assets in Russia. When you run for president, you have to file an extensive financial disclosure oh, I'd and, love and to certify see that. it. Well, he, both candidates did that. But there were no that doesn't Russian answer assets. my question. Which there one no, is lying? Well, it's a privately held company, so I but, don't know. But the financial disclosure that Donald why Trump would, filed with the government showed no Russian assets But why, debts. if Kusey says we <laughs> have a pretty disproportionate cross-section of assets, would Uday say we have no assets? He also said we don't have any properties in Russia. Yeah, Russia has properties here, like the White House. Um, okay, so let's move on. A guy named Clinton Watts, he used to be with the FBI, said yes. this week, if you want to get to the bottom of this, follow the trail of dead Russians. And there have been a lot of dead Russians lately, people who have knowledge since all this came out about the hacking and so forth. Now, you don't really plan to sit there and tell me Putin wasn't responsible. A guy was thrown out of a window. That doesn't happen just because he slipped on the butter. Well, knife. we had a we had a defense secretary forced all that happened to. So, uh, uh, look. What? Uh, the the, the, ans the answer here is full disclosure. Let's let the president order the release of all documents pertaining but, to alleged collusion with the Russians. But you said you you, you said you Evidence. yourself were poisoned. Yes, I think I was. And you're on their side. How? I'm uh, not on their side. I, I'm, oh, a, I'm right. a patriotic American. I forgot. Look, okay. I, I, uh, I understand. But why were you poisoned, Roger? I, because I think a lot of people would not like me to testify because I will put the, the uh, lie to this Russian myth. I never had any contacts with the Russian state. To my knowledge, no one else in the campaign did. Uh, I think perhaps the Democrats could get over the fact that they spent about $2.5 billion. Trump spent about $278 million. And they lost. Okay, but a guy, that's what this is really about. It, well, they, actually, they won. But yes, by the electoral no. Collins, they. I, I agree. You mean, you mean okay. by the popular vote? Uh, yes, uh, by the popular vote. Okay, but a guy you do talk to is Donald Trump. From time to time. From time to time. Okay, you know when Donald Trump says, "I'm hearing," <laughs> I'm hearing that's you. You think? I think it is. I, I don't think, think... I mean, you have been on this guy's side since 1988, you... Nobody wanted. puts words in Donald Trump's mouth. No, but they put thoughts in his cotton head. Well... And it's not that hard to do. Uh, he just won a historic election for yes. some reason. Okay. Uh, and the reason is not well, Russian part, collusion. Certainly, that was, a, that was in the mix. We found out this week that a thousand Russian trolls were putting fake news stories about Hillary Clinton out there. Who told us that? The CIA? The guys who told us about weapons of mass destruction or Benghazi or rendition or, or torture at Abu Dhabi prison? Their track okay. record on honesty, not too good, Bill. Okay, well, some of that is not about honesty. The, 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 you're talking about the Iraq war? Okay, a lot of the people in the... CIA disagreed with the findings of the director. Okay. That's uh, happening today, too. Okay. So you're saying that that's not true. Let me ask you a more general question. Sure. You've been in Donald Trump's corner for a long time. Yes. Now you've seen Proud of it. president for, for 70 or so days. Any buyer's remorse? Anything that gives you pause? <laughs> you know, uh, for the first year of his presidency, first two years, the courts and the Congress thwarted everything Franklin Roosevelt wanted to do. You can't judge the Trump presidency on a couple months. Okay. Uh, I think his voters uh, want to see him to continue to fight for the things he but said that he would fight for. Steve. It's not that the travel ban gets knocked down. 
It's that he keeps trying to pass it. That's but important. Steve Bannon once said that uh, we're in the trouble we are in because of a, the 60s culture of narcissism. No, we're in the trouble. We're in the trouble. We're narcissism in. is that an issue? I don't. I don't think that's the reason we're in the trouble. We're in the trouble. We're no in. issue with Donald Trump and narcissism. Uh, I don't think that's the overriding national problem. We're in the trouble okay. that we're in because the Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama continuum, the neocon continuum, has gotten us endless war, right. erosion of our civil liberties, I... massive debt and spending, spying on us. Uh, in a foreign policy that's incoherent. All right, let's end on a positive note. I, there's an issue we agree on, another one, marijuana. Yes, you think, you think Jeff Sessions is wrong. Completely wrong. To be such a hard-ass on marijuana. Is that because you yourself are a Roger Stoner? Uh, <laughs> only when I'm in the States where it's legal. Okay, well, this happens to be our... One of them, uh, so. this, We looked at our, our log. This is our 420th show. Yes. <laughs> 420. So we have a cake coming out later. Would you do the, me the honor of bringing out the 420 cake? I, I would be happy to. The, candidate Trump said that he sh- we should let the states decide. He was absolutely right. He and needs to get his attorney ever general gone back in on line. his word. Great to see you. Thank you, Roger Stone. I wish you good luck with your testimony. Roger Stone, everybody. Let's. There he goes. Let's be careful. Okay. All right. Try every week. Okay, here is our panel. He is the only person, well, the only person who have run both the CIA and the NSA. His new book is Playing to the, Amer- the Edge of American Intelligence in the Age of Terror, now available in paperback. General Michael Hayden. General, how you doing? She's the president of the Center for American Progress, Neera Tandon. And he's the former U.S. Senator for Pennsylvania and 2016 Republican candidate. Rick Santorum is back with us. Rick Santorum. Okay. So, like I said, there are so many stories and strands going on, especially with this Russia story. It's hard to keep up. But um, this thing about a thousand Russian trolls putting out fake news stories, especially in the swing states. I mean, they seem to have been targeting it pretty specifically. You know, people are stupid enough in elections. This is what the founders were most afraid of. They didn't believe in people's wisdom. They prevented most of them from voting. Uh, I worry whether... Are you calling for a change in the Constitution? (laughs) No, but I'm just pointing pointing out that, well, you know what, if we went back to what the Electoral College originally was supposed to do, it was supposed to prevent Donald Trump, not elect him. (laughs) But that aside... I mean, and Russia's doing this with other elections, not just Mm -hmm. ours in Western Europe. I I worry in the age of the Internet and with people like Russia who do not believe in democracy whether we will ever be able to have an election again that we can believe in. Is that an unfounded... Look, I I think Russia and probably others uh, were using social media and a whole variety of other things to try to influence this election, just like a lot of other Americans who were putting out false information on both sides of the aisle. I mean, this is is what happens on social media. Lots of false information gets thrown out there, gets spread around. Russians were probably part of it. Is this a problem? Sure, it's a problem. But I don't think you can say that this was somehow determinative of this election, number one, or... 
Really? Uh, no, I don't think it was at all. There were much bigger factors at play here, including the competency of the Democratic candidate. There, yes, that was certainly a factor, <laughs> absolutely. But you can't say that it didn't play a part, and the election was squeaky close. Oh, I don't think it played any a major role in this. Huh. I really don't. Oh. I, I don't know how you, you have any evidence that well, a, a thousand trolls made a difference uh, in the election. There were much bigger issues uh, at stake here. And the, and the places he won, where Donald Trump won, he won because of his message, that he was going to fight for blue-collar Americans, Hardly. and that was the overriding reason people came to the polls and voted for him. Look, the reality is we know that the Russians were trying to attack Hillary, both from the left and the right. You saw messages that were designed to depress what you would consider a democratic turnout. And democratic turnout got depressed in certain states. I mean, I think it's fascinating that people who used to lecture us about Russia's role and fighting communism and fighting Russia over the last 30 years are now right. like, Russia it's had something to do with it's, our election, but we can't prove it did anything's too much. The fact that they did anything should make Democrats and Republicans worried. But what I think is a bigger issue here is that we face a a large problem, which is we have a state actor that intervened in our elections, according to the counterintelligence forces, the intelligence forces, they did a report, they intervened in our elections, they're trying to intervene in the French elections, probably in the German elections, and it's hard as a free country yeah. to respond, because we don't want to, we're not going into doing anything in their elections, there's nothing that we're answering, and it would be great is if we had Democrats and Republicans come together and say, this is a violation of democracy, and we're going to stand together, instead of using it for partisan gain, which is what Donald Trump did in this election. But, I mean, General, you know... Go ahead. Just... Just going to add, the Russians put their thumb on the scale. Yeah. They had an effect. It's, it's not a, an effect we can measure. It's not just unknown. It's, it's unknowable. But they, but they did put their thumb on the scale. Uh, in the business, that was called a <clears throat> covert influence campaign. And it's the most successful covert influence campaign in history. And coming from an agency... Right, disinformation, isn't yeah. that what they used it, to call it, it? It doesn't have to be disinformation. In fact, there's no evidence that they changed the emails. They stole them, rolled them back into our system... You know, I'm talking about the fake news. Oh, that's the, the fake news. Yeah, that, that, is dis that is absolutely disinformation. But, but, Bill, the important thing I want to point out here, though, is that we bear some responsibility, not just cleaning up and turning over all the rocks so that we can better yeah, defend ourselves, absolutely. but as an agency that, you know, may have done covert influence at some point in its past, you can't create... <laughs> may have. You can't create fissures in a society. Covert influence works when fissures exist right. and you drive the wedge into the pre-existing fissures and give the Russians credit. They may have known us better than we knew ourselves. So you knew, I assume, General Flynn. You, you yeah. met at the General's Club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, he's a tightly wound guy. Uh, for him to be able to say, I'm going to, you know, basically turn state's evidence on Donald Trump, there must be something, something going on that he's and, very afraid of. You know, I don't know What that. do you think he's going to say? <laughs> you know, there may be less there there than we suspect. This, this may simply be his lawyer's gambit to get him out first and with immunity, promising, teasing that there's more there than he might actually have. So I just, I just don't know. Okay. Where's this going to be in six months? I think, look, 
It's just been two weeks since the FBI told the country that they have Donald Trump under investigation for in a counterintelligence investigation. So these are moving. These these events are definitely moving. But Watergate took a year. Right. It took uh, a effort of really investigating at low, low levels and moving up. And I think we're in the same situation. I think uh, I look forward to Sally Yates finally testifying and telling the truth about what happened. And I find it, I find it, I find it incredible that Republicans in the House are stopping her from testifying. We deserve to know what happened as a country. We deserve to have the facts. And the fact that People are running to to defend this instead of being honest is a disservice. You know what worries me is that half the, the half the country that that probably is your voters they don't care about this they don't care about the other story that that made me almost cry this week about climate. I mean Donald Trump the day he got elected the day the earth stood still. <laughs> I thought you know maybe he has a chance. He's not an ideologue. Remember he had Al Gore over to Trump Tower. Okay, but it was all bullshit. Because yeah. this week he rolled back everything. I mean, uh, rolled back fuel efficiency standards for cars. Uh, ended research on climate change. Can't even say the word. The clean power strategy, getting rid of coal. I, 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 you tell me, Rick. I just never understand what Republicans don't get about. You have to breathe, too. It's... Do you, you do realize... <laughs> Yeah, well, you do yeah. realize that when there's more coal burned, more people get cancer. Just for, I could just take that's one of many things that is a, a result of, of global warming, but cancer. Yeah. Cancer. Yeah, you, you do know that the EPA director under Obama said that the, the, the Clean Power Initiative would have no effect, she said, that, no effect. On on uh, on man-made CO2 emissions. That, that, no, that's what she said. Go no. look it up. No, she did. Uh, I can well. quote you. So so the, the bottom line is, it's not a matter of whether we're concerned. Please do. It's not a matter of whether we believe or you believe that that uh, man-made CO2 emissions are causing global warming or not. Is what logical things can you do about it? And the most important thing. Stop that, throwing carbon in the yeah, air. Yeah, the bottom it's line is, as you know, brain as you surgery, know, Rick. the vast majority of the new CO2 emissions are not coming from the United States. They're coming from China. They're coming from India. But those the things that we are doing, no, those countries are doing. Those, those, yeah. countries those countries get it. No, they don't. They're, of they're course, they, they're building coal power plants right now in China. They're building yeah. them in India. So the idea that that the United States, by doing things on the margin, when we already have, an we used to be the leader, Rick. We, we used are. to lead we're on doing this. Doing it through technology. We're not doing it through government inter- in, 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 in imposing themselves in the, uh, in, the, in the free market of moving where the country wants us to move. This doesn't make any sense from either a jobs perspective or an environment perspective. In the United States, there are five to one renewable jobs to coal jobs. So what the Trump administration is All doing... All supported by is, government no, subsidies. that is absolutely A lot of them false. are... Solar wind is, is supported not, by government subsidies. Solar is supported by government subsidies. <laughs> yes. And coal is taxed to, the, to the hilt you by are, the government. You are just making that <laughs> up. No, I'm not. Solar is not, Rick. Solar is a big business. Yeah, but it's also supported by government subsidies. There are plenty of parts of the country in which, in which there are solar jobs increasing, having nothing right. to do with this. Arizona... Major increases. Nevada, California. So is the Air Force <laughs> supported by government subsidies. Yeah, well... The, no so, offense. Okay. But from, from my point of view, all right, the, the business yes, I used to be in, the Pentagon. Give, me, give me the climate model you think is true because whatever one you pick has security implications yeah. and I've got to go do some stuff 
because of that. I picked the one every scientist says is happening. Yes. And by the way, the Pentagon. Paid by the government. The Pentagon the is government. on the page. <laughs> the Pentagon. Because they know they're going to see the effects of it. They're going to see refugees. They're going to see yeah. flooding. The they're going to see shit that yeah. they have to the deal CIA with. The CIA did a report five years ago about how climate was going to alter effects, create more wars, etc. That's the problem we're facing. And instead of doing The problem we're facing that Donald Trump identified is that millions of Americans who have been working hard, trying to make a living, who are oh, the 74% of Americans who don't have a college degree, right. need jobs. And pouring and, sludge and, in the river is going to get them you hired. Can, you it's can so... criticize and demean those people, oh, but those are the no. folks who build okay, America. I need to get high. Where's... Uh... <laughs> Roger, would you bring out the cake? Thank you so much. As I now, mentioned... Thank you so much, Roger. Oh, look at this beautiful cake. All right, we're going to share this after the show, Roger. I know you say you're not a stoner. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Is that gorgeous? And, and this cake is completely baked with pot. It is a total edible. General, may no, I cut you a piece? <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I just wanted to do that. All right. So, uh, in honor of 420, we noticed that, you know, there's all these new strains, like Alaskan Thunderfuck. Do you go to the... <clears throat> no, do you go to the store? They, they sell purple monkey balls. There's, they name them after... So let, there's one named after me. Uh, that, there it is. I, it's kind of a dull name. I think marijuana would have been a lot better. <laughs> But uh, some of the newer strains have come out, and they're right here in the zigzagget guide. Would you like to hear <laughs> the zigzagget guide? You see, it's it's very different. For example, there's a pure Harrison Ford. <laughs> You'll be cleared for takeoff and feeling like you can touch the sky with this <laughs> high flying buzz, but be prepared to crash hard. That's <laughs> there's the uh, Kellyanne Gondraway. Kellyanne. <laughs> It's, it's great for mellowing out and watching the microwave. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is a favorite. Neil deGrasse. <laughs> Watch out, bro. You'll get so high off this that suddenly the entire universe starts making sense. Uh, Atlanta Falcon Red. Good stuff. Uh, a scintillating sativa. It'll have you feeling like you just can't lose for exactly 57 minutes and 32 seconds. <laughs> Go ahead and hit it hard, because no matter how carefully you inhale, you're still going to choke. Jared Kushner. This amazingly versatile strain that nobody ordered is reasonably effective, but doesn't work on Saturdays. And sometimes goes skiing. Ben Carson OG. It's hard to believe something this simple can operate on your brain. <laughs> the perfect strain for the token Republican. Cush <laughs> uh, me outside, America's favorite meme. It's now America's favorite strain. A few hits of this potent blend, and you'll be saying, how about that? <laughs> and finally, Chris Brownies. 
An extremely popular hybrid that produces a smooth, full-body high, but beware, it hits you all of a sudden. <laughs> all right, he is a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist and founder of Define America. Please welcome Jose Antonio Vargas. Jose, how are you, sir? How you doing? Great to see you. See you. Okay, first of all, I have to thank you here. I know you are literally risking deportation because... You are not uh, completely legal, is that correct? Yes. Uh, so I am one of the 2.5 million undocumented residents of California, 800,000 of whom live in the L.A. County. So thank you for inviting me here. All right. Well, we hope... Uh, we hope this I don't know, I talked to Roger Stone. I guess we'll try to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> not a bad guy to have <laughs> on your side. Um, so what about the, the fact that Jeff Sessions is going after sanctuary cities? This is a, a sanctuary state, pretty much. And uh, first of all, tell us what that means, sanctuary. Well, actually, I think we have so politicized this issue that I think it's really important that we define our terms, right? Yes. So it is safer, right, for all of us, documented and undocumented U.S. citizens, if undocumented people who live here can feel comfortable reporting, talking to the cops, right? Saying, hey, something's happening, something... Right now, in L.A., the not. LAPD reported that 25% decrease in uh, reporting of rapes in the, in the Latino community because there's fear that once you report right. somebody, ICE might come get you, right? And, and for me, too, like... The bigger issue here, and, you know, Jeff Sessions, the former governor of Alabama, who believes in no, states... No, senator. Oh, the former senator of Alabama, who believes in states' rights when he was governor... I mean, when he was senator of Alabama. The fact this overreach telling the federal government... telling For the federal government to tell the states how they can protect their residents uh, is hypocritical at worst. But to me, I actually think it's really important. You, 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 you mentioned this. Right now, there's going to be a bill in front of Governor Jerry Brown's desk asking him to sign the California Values Act that would declare California a sanctuary state. I think, given that this state is home to a fourth of the country's undocumented population, in this, in this state, nearly half of all children have at least one immigrant parent, right? Hopefully, Jerry Brown signs that into law. So... But how many people can come here? I mean, I often think of America like a lifeboat, and a lot of the world is a raging ocean. So everybody wants to get in the lifeboat. And certainly, uh, everybody has a right to be happy in the world. But if too many people get in the lifeboat, then the lifeboat goes down. Having traveled to Montana, South Dakota, North Dakota, it's not like we don't have... I mean, immigrants come to this country and build businesses. There's actually room... When immigrants come here, documented or undocumented, yeah. they start businesses. Like I, for example, I'm a business owner. I employ 15 U.S. citizens. I mean, 15 people who are here um, as U.S. citizens, and I provide jobs as an undocumented person. So I think for me, it's a matter of the fact that there is no path. You know, someone right now on Twitter is saying, why can't this guy just get legal? <laughs> Probably, right? The fact that there's no path for people like me to actually fix this, get in line wherever the line is, and try to get legal and do right by the law? The fact that there's no way to do well, that. Also, there's the hypocrisy angle. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned this, but uh, this was in the paper in the L.A. Times. Wages rise on California farms. Listen, listen to this. There's a labor shortage. Yep. They're giving laborers benefits normally reserved for white-collar professionals, 401K plans, health insurance, subsidized housing, profit-sharing bonuses... 
Still not tempting white people to do yard work. <laughs> white people do not want to do yard work. That's what it comes down to. The president of Titan Farms, they're a, a peach grower, he advertised 2,000 jobs from 2010 to 2012. He hired 483, 109 didn't show up, 321 quit in the first two days. Only one, only 31 lasted the whole season. He said, we've never had one come back after lunch. So, can you imagine... This is the issue, really, to me, is that they don't want these people here, yes. but they won't do the job, and they will not admit it. And, you... we put, and we put a sign outside of the U.S.-Mexico border saying, keep out, then 10 yards in, what do we say? Help wanted. Right. Right? <laughs> right? Right, yeah. Like, can you imagine? I mean, look at L.A. Like, this city cannot function without undocumented workers. The state no. of Texas, 1.8 million undocumented people in the state of Texas. Can you imagine undocumented people not working in the state of Texas? Half of the construction industry depends upon them. And this is why I think the opportunity of being here. I have to tell you, I cannot, I cannot overstate the level of fear, the level of confusion that our families... My grandmother's probably watching right now going, like, why is he on television? He should be hiding. <laughs> so I can't overstate that enough. Actually, my, ex my being here is my form of resistance. I will not be scared. I will not be scared to be public and out in a country that has been my home. The question now is, all of you here, all of you watching, how are you going to provide sanctuary to us in your churches, at your schools, at work? 11 million people, 11 million undocumented people live within the 43 million immigrants in this country. You think country. the churches should do it? Well, actually, right now, you know, there's this woman, Jeanette Vizguera in Denver. She has taken sanctuary at a Unitarian church because the Catholic church that she belongs to um, did not want to help her out. She's yeah. gone to all these churches, and they're, she's like... They're providing sanctuary to the priest. <laughs> I'd love your thought on that. Me <laughs> too. All right, um, so let me move on to another topic that... <laughs> before Rick punches me. Um, Hillary Clinton uh, said this week that she is ready to come out of the woods. And for me, this is kind of a keep two opposing thoughts in your mind at the same time issue. One, there's those people who said uh, during the campaign, some on the left, like Jill Stein, that she was the lesser of two evils. Mm -hmm. I wish those people, now that we've seen what Donald Trump administration looks like, would just ha have the guts to come out and say, sorry, we have to admit, I we, were, wrong. we were wrong. wrong. But the other side of it is, Hillary, stay in the woods. Okay, you had your shot, you fucked it up, you're Bill Buckner, we had the World Series, and you let the grounder go through your legs. Let someone else have the chance. This, to me, the fact that she's coming yeah. back, it, it just verifies every bad thing anyone's ever thought about the Clintons, that it's all about them. Let some of the other shorter trees get a little sunlight. I don't think it's either, either or that way. So, I don't think, because uh, I think it's, I think I hear you on the loss. It was a terrible, terrible loss, but I don't think the right response is that Hillary goes into a closet and never speaks again on any issues she's worked on for decades of her life. Lots of people are speaking out. 
Lots of people are able to fight the... Yeah, but what did she speak out about? She speak out because Bill O'Reilly made a joke about Maxine Waters' hair. Uh, okay, this she is spoke like out so against typical racism of... and sexism, Bill. That's what she spoke yep. out against. Okay, right? she spoke out about a joke. And it this wasn't is, the only thing You know what? Said. This is why the Democrats lost the election in the first place, because they cannot get their priorities straight, and they never fail to take debate about little bullshit issues of... of... I don't think racism and sexism are little bullshit. Why is that racist? Why is it racist? Because she compared two black people? Did, okay, do you know how April Ryan was treated? Are you saying that he would have treated a man like that? Is yes, that I don't think a white he, dude would he, like that? I don't you, think that's she, right. You're referring to the fact that... That uh, Sean Spicer... ...said to a woman in the audience, in, the, in his briefing, <laughs> April Ryan, who was, who was an African-American, and they were going back and forth, and she was shaking her head, and he said, please stop shaking your head. And you go immediately to, it's a racist what? thing about, oh, no, he yeah. didn't. Okay. Uh, okay, excuse me, if I, if, if I may, yes, please. if I may, uh, as someone who comes on this show who can take a joke right. and, and, and get and, and right. about Catholic priests and doesn't scream and holler of how offended I am and how horrible this is, you are no, I did. Right. no, I did. I, I shook my head and said, you know, off-color joke, you know what? We're big boys and girls here. Right. You know, not, you don't don't be outraged at every offense. That's the that's one of the problems you know, we have. It's sort of and, easy. And stop the out, stop the fake outrage is it's what's going fake. on. It it's is not fake outrage. outrage. Well, if I it isn't fake outrage, then you should learn to what? take a joke and move on. You're right. There is not enough. There's. You're right. You're right. You're right. The first four or five months of Trump it means there has been no. We're all oversensitive about the attacks on women, people of color. You're right. That's no, but there exactly are, there the are issue. real issues about that. Absolutely. Jokes. You should. Longer view. Longer General, view. Right. please okay, clear we, this we've up got for this. <laughs> Longer view, something I look on as, as, as a real ray of sunshine, is the number of veterans who are now in the Congress mm -hmm. of the United States, yeah. and they're Iraq and they're Afghan veterans, and they're coming in with a, a realistic, less ideological view of life. You've had folks on the show, like Seth Moulton, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, on the Republican side, yep. you've got Adam Kinzinger. Mm -hmm. These are the future, they need to get some sunlight so that they can right. grow and affect things. Thank you very much. Look, look, the reason Hillary Clinton is still getting a lot of attention is because there aren't any I mean, there isn't anybody out there. I mean, there's, there, uh, there, trust me, the, the, there are there are no almost there are no Democratic governors worth worth mentioning in the national conversation. And if you look at the, <laughs> there aren't. I mean, there, there aren't. And, and the bottom line is, most of the senators have okay. discredited themselves. So. Well, uh, <laughs> Yeah. It's not, it, there's not a big force that turns out there. A guy in the party the of Devin Nunez talking about people discrediting themselves is a little bit much for example. Yeah, you had, <laughs> you, had, you had a party, you had a party that the only opponent of Hillary Clinton was a 70-year-old socialist. So don't tell me that there's a lot of folks out there what? who are in the Democratic in Party who can a lot of people are going to run. In 2020, a ton of people are going to run. Of course they are. Yes. There's a lot of Democrats Because the job's run. available and the guy in it's a fuck-up. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean... Let's get another uh, question, kind of related. Ivanka Trump, mm -hmm. who... Uh, play that clip of her saying with uh, Diane Sawyer, <clears> saying <throat> that she's just going to be a daughter. People think that you're going to be part of the administration, Ivanka. I'm... No, I'm going to be a daughter. This family lies like I breathe. <laughs> they just... They just lie. That's... Okay, now she's taking... She's got security clearance. I mean, remember when Bush... And they're Bush... profiting. They just came out tonight. There's, like, there are hundreds of millions of dollars that they... Essentially, they were supposed to wall off, and they haven't done it. What, what if it was It's wasn't... like a profit-making entity for the family. But it's just because it's his daughter. What if George Bush 
when he was president, tried to hire Ivanka Trump, a former model and a shoe executive. Uh, you were, were you there when Harriet Myers got shot down by the Republicans? I mean, Harry Myers was kind of like qualified, but 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 Ivanka yeah. Trump. Trump gets to have an office in the West Wing and security clearance? Yes, Rick, what do you think of that? <laughs> Look. Thank you for asking. I've never been given a softball. So it's Donald Trump's daughter, who is someone who's been a very important advisor, not just in his political career, but in his business. Look, I mean, if, if, you look at, if you look at the way what? that he interacts with, with his daughter... She is someone who advises him, and he has okay. every right to seek that advice. Okay. Oh, I, w- I want to go along again, all right? The strategic <laughs> effect of this right is, that, is that we're beginning to see a pattern where, where the president is surrounding himself with family and friends. And the great fear, uh-huh. whatever the merits of the individuals, Absolutely. is that he's isolating himself from the larger government on which his success depends. Yeah. Like banana republics always do. I would actually agree with Mike on that point, that I think it is important for him to seek folks outside that circle, and I hope he does. He's a great patriot. We have to go to new rules, everybody. New rules! Okay. New rule, now that 800 pounds of cocaine is washed up on two British beaches, drug dealers must admit they hate the beach for the same reason everyone else does. You get sand in your crack. The rule, if you have a Trump bumper sticker on your Prius, we get to revoke your driver's license. (laughs) Because here's who should not be behind the wheel, the terribly confused. New rule, now that the TSA rolled out new airport pat-downs that they describe as more thorough and may involve an officer making more intimate contact, they must allow tipping. (laughs) (laughs) And the next time an agent does this to a 13-year-old boy, he has to sing, Billie Jean is not my lover while he's doing it. (laughs) New rule, to the New York man... To the New York man who handed out racist white lives matter flyers but did not start the interview by saying, I'm not a racist, but, and instead started it by saying, I consider myself a racist, thank you. <laughs> Finally, a self-aware racist. Though he ruined it for me later in the interview when he said, I consider myself a toothbrusher. <laughs> New rule, the Idaho woman who last week told police that the reason she crashed into a deer was because she was distracted after seeing Sasquatch in her rearview mirror (laughs) has to answer this question. Is this your car? And finally, new rule, if you get up every day and try to make Donald Trump's ludicrous and dangerous pronouncements sound normal and sane, you are an enabler. (laughs) 20 years from now, when your kids ask you over a glass of Soylent Green, (laughs) what did you do during the Trump years, daddy? You don't want your answer to be, my job was to go on TV and pretend Trump didn't say what everybody just heard him say. 
That is an enabler. And that word is not a compliment. We've heard it a lot with celebrities. Elvis had his Memphis Mafia. Michael Jackson had a doctor who never said, gee, Mike, your nose just fell off again. Maybe cut back on the plastic surgery. Bill Cosby could not have pulled off... Bill Cosby could not have pulled off 40 years of, oh, let's call it extreme dating (laughs) without various underlings who funneled women his way and paid them off, to say nothing of the guy who supplied the horse tranquilizers and never once said, wow, Bill, that is one nervous horse you have there. One of the great enablers of fiction is Max, the sycophantic manservant to the delusional Norma Desmond in the classic movie Sunset Boulevard, now a Broadway show, and especially timely, because it's about an aging, unstable (laughs) drama queen (laughs) who is able to maintain a fantasy world because even though Norma Desmond is pure, around-the-bend, batshit nuts... (laughs) Like I say, timely. (laughs) She has Max there. And he keeps the real world far out of sight. In the plot, Norma Desmond is a faded movie queen, a, a silent film star of the 1920s, but now she hasn't worked in 30 years, but she still thinks she's big because Max. Max goes into the basement every night and writes fake fan letters to fool her into thinking the people still love her. Is that really any different than this guy pretending to have intelligence that backs up what his mad boss tweeted at three in the morning (laughs) or the way Trump's handlers keep sending him to rallies where he only has to see the people who tell him he's doing great just like it says on his hat. (laughs) I'm sure last week when Trump's health care bill went down in flames, he was surrounded by enablers who all nodded when he said... I'm still bigly. It's Congress that got small. (laughs) Trump has nothing but Maxes around him. Did you know that Devin Nunez once defended Trump by saying, I think a lot of things he says, you guys sometimes take literally. (laughs) Excuse me? We shouldn't take the president of the United States literally? Right, he's a poet. When he nukes Finland, it's a metaphor. (laughs) Super Christian Mike Pence, seen here cringing from an air kiss because you don't know how far syphilis can jump. Mike Pence conveniently forgot the famous line from the Bible, thou shalt not grabbeth thy pussy. (laughs) When he gave Trump the cover he needed to survive Pussygate, as did Christian Jeff Sessions, who, when asked if he thought uninvited groping was sexual assault, said, I don't know, it's not clear how that would occur. Sure, Jeff, it really depends on the circumstance. Like, like for example, if you saw a pussy about to fall off a cliff. 
You'd want to be able to grab it without political correctness getting in the way. <laughs> Enablers Sean Spicer and Kellyanne Conway are the West Wing's flowers in the attic. <laughs> A lunatic locked them up, and now they're crazy, too. This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period, both in person and around the globe. Well, that's pretty good ass-kissing, but Rince Priebus, you could do better, can't you? Well, I think the president's 100% correct, and he hits the bullseye in that tweet like he often does. Exactly. Because who can picture Trump and not think accuracy in tweeting? <laughs> And have you seen this psycho who will not only blindly repeat anything Trump says, no matter how crazy? We know for a fact you have massive numbers of non-citizens registered to vote in this country. <laughs> but is such an ass licker, he licks the ass of people who lick Trump's ass. I do want to say that Sean Spicer, as always, is 100% correct and that what he said is true and important, and I agree with it. You know, without these professional liars and deniers, there's no Trump. It takes a village to help a man-child stay in power. <laughs> and the excuse, I'm just doing my job, is starting to sound an awful lot like I was just following orders. All right, that's our show. I'll be at the Walt Disney Theater in Orlando July 8th and at the Ruth Eckert Hall of Clearwater July 9th. I want to thank General Michael Hayden, Neratan, and Rick Santorum, Jose Antonio Vargas, and Roger Stone. Join us now for Overtime on YouTube. Thank you, folks. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10 or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.